Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, yes, indeed. A very good evening. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can, however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in. Wonderful to have you on board the Macca's Run. Try the quarter pounder at bake, Try the quarter pounder bacon at Macca's today. Your say on the news of the day is what this show is all about. And isn't there plenty to have your say on today. You can do it on the Harcourts open line, your move, your Harcourts. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts to speak to me, one 736 You can text in as well, 0433-981116. One of the biggest news days that I can remember in a long time. We are going to discuss the massive news about Cam Smith defecting to live golf. Former world number 16, Nick Ahern, is standing by to join me in just a moment. The federal judge ruling on the three players who were trying to play uh, in the FedEx playoffs. Meg Lanning advising that she is taking indefinite leave from cricket for personal reasons. Fresh off gold at the Com Games. Serena Williams set to retire. And then comebacks. Don't we love a comeback? And there are two absolute pearlers that were announced today. Ben Cunnington, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, and maybe our greatest ever basketballer, Lauren Jackson. And I'm looking forward to hearing you give me the comparisons of the greatest comebacks in sporting history. You can do that, 0433 98 11 16 1300 736 736 on the Harcourt's open line. But let's start with the news that was breaking as we woke up this morning and we'll go back to this from cam percy yesterday on rsn australian golfer i'll play way more golf next year and sort of and with even i know of even more guys that are leaving um with a live so i i think i'll be all right next year now two of those wouldn't be cam smith and mark leishman would they mm-hmm. unfortunately yeah they're gone that was Cam Percy uh, speaking to RSN yesterday, Australian golfer. And then this morning we woke up to the Telegraph reporting that Cameron Smith has inked a 100, US, 100 million US dollar deal to join the Renegade and the Rebel Tour, uh, about 140 million Australian. Uh, Cam Smith, coincidentally, as it turns out, was just about to front a press conference as they're set for the first stage. Uh, of the FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, and he was asked uh, a couple of times about the story and about the news that he had signed with Live Golf. Yeah, um, you know, my goal here is to to win the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's all I'm here for. Um, if there's something I need to say regarding the PGA Tour or Live, it will come from Cameron Smith, not Cameron Percy. Um, I'm a man of my word, and um, whenever you guys need to know anything, um, it'll be said by me. And just following up on that, you being a man of your word, you know, the Telegraph is reporting that you've signed and are going. Would you like to say yes or no to that? 
I have no comment to that. I, uh, like I said, I'm here to play the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, that's been my focus the last week and a half. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to win the FedEx Cup playoffs. And uh, like I said, it will come from me. It won't come from Cameron Percy. Do you intend to play the President's Cup? Absolutely, yeah. That's, uh, that's something that we've been looking forward to uh, for the last three years. We, had a, we missed a year because of, because of COVID, and um, that's something that I look forward to being a part of. So that was Cam Smith uh, in his, well, pre-tournament press conference before the, the playoffs for the FedEx Cup. Uh, three stages to that tournament. $18 million on the line, uh, or $18 million going to the winner. Uh, and this is the highest, not the highest profile golfer, but the highest ranked golfer that Liv have been able to secure to head to that Saudi-backed tour and Greg Norman run tour. Only one player inside the top 20 uh, has gone to live, and that's Dustin Johnson. But Cam Smith becomes the seventh player to join who has won a major. It is the biggest story uh, across the day. It's the biggest story that I can remember in Australian golf and maybe even world golf uh, as he is the world number two. Uh, so this is huge, and to get the view uh, of someone who knows the tour as well as anyone we go to the former world number 16 and now uh, a co-host of the acclaimed critically uh, off the tee uh, every tuesday night on sen i speak of course to the only man with a 2-0 record against tiger woods in match play golf nick ahern hello mate hey sam it's uh, interesting to be talking to you so soon after our show last night it's well, all happening again <laughs> so last night we played the cameron percy audio from rsn and we discussed the if if cameron smith was going to go, what does it mean for golf? What does it mean for him, his legacy? Now we know that he is, uh, and everybody has done their background on this, and there is no uncertainty anymore. How did you feel reading or hearing the news this morning? Well, is he going? Did he actually say that? I mean, all I heard was no comment. So, I mean, until he says he is, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't really... I kept up with it early this morning. I haven't seen what's come out, um, I guess, the last few hours. Maybe that's changed. But uh, if he is going, uh, in a way, I, I feel a little bit sad about it. I'd, I'd love for him to sort of, you know, continue playing on the tour and for these major championships, which he's obviously going to do anyway because he has a five-year exemption into all of them. But it would be fantastic for him to... I think stay on the tour and, and keep trying to win all these big events and, and play for world ranking points and get that number one spot. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I guess we'll see. Is, did, did he confirm or not? No, he didn't. But everyone reporting is as unequivocal about this as they have ever been. Um, Jared Waitley oh, okay. even this morning saying you can take it to the bank. This is gospel. This is 100%. Um, off the back of the Telegraph story uh, earlier this morning. Uh, he left that press conference when he was asked again. Um, we don't didn't have that audio there, but uh, he did leave the press conference. So this is a, a very fluid situation. As you say, at the moment, he's still got that exemption for majors. Does that change? That would be up to each and every one of the majors themselves to, to make that call. But for you, when you think back, and it would seem that he probably won't be wanting to make an announcement. The belief is that he'll play the next live event in September uh, after the FedEx Cup. Um, when that announcement comes, but even as we sit here today, in, in your history of being a fan of and playing at the highest level of golf, just how big a story is this, the world number two? Oh, it's a big one. It's a big one for live golf, that's for sure, and a big one for the tour if he does go. I mean, the other thing is he's, He's the players' champion, so mm. if he does go, that means that uh, they won't be inviting back the players' championship to Sawgrass next year, which is their 
their uh, their biggest event. They call it the fifth major, basically. So that's a huge call um, if that happens. You've got the Open champion and the Players champion, the same person, obviously, uh, going to live. Well, that just changes everything. Now, um, it's really up to the tour, I guess, if they want to continue to uh, keep these top players that... Uh, you know they're going to have to sit down with Live Golf at some point, I would imagine. But I just don't see them doing that anytime soon, to be honest. They just they have a bit of a stubbornness about them, and obviously the other side in Live Golf and Greg Norman, they have a stubbornness about themselves as well. So it's coming to a head, that's for sure. But I think the one, well, the one group that is happy about it, I think, would be the lawyers at the moment because they know this is going to drag on for a long time. We'll get to the uh, the decision today made in the federal court in the US about the three players looking for. Um, well, a stay of execution, really. Oh, I actually might rephrase my words there. Uh, but, uh, a, well, no, in, in all seriousness, I will. Um, but they're looking for the ability to just to get a, uh, and the, the correct wording today was a restraining order, temporary restraining order to the bands of Matt Jones, Taylor Gooch and Hudson Swafford. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. So uh, the, the choice and how difficult a choice this would be, I'd imagine. So there's the ethical and moral dilemmas to it. You, you're taking Saudi money. Um, the financial, obviously, component of it is just too big to ignore. Um, reputationally, there's a choice to make there. Competitively, this is a competition with no crowds, no TV deal. You're not actually playing against the best in the world. As I said, there's only one other player in the top 20 that's gone. Yes, they've got major winners, but as it stands right now, it's only two If Cam Smith um, with Cam Smith as, as, as the top 20 players in the world. They're not the only country we know with an atrocious human rights record that are allowed to partake in international sport. Um, there's a whole lot to consider. How difficult, if, if you were fronted with this, Nick, how, I mean, cause you sleepless nights, I would imagine. It, it's, it, it's an interesting dilemma. And, and, and for a lot of players, I mean, I, I understand why they've gone for sure. I mean, it is about the money. They don't think they probably can feel they can win majors anymore. They are past their prime. And, and, I, and I totally get that. I guess that's the thing with the live golfers at the moment is most of them, are past their prime. There's only a couple or maybe two or three that are still in their prime, like a Taylor Gooch. And uh, as we found out, he now can't play the FedEx Cup playoffs. But Cam Smith is a massive, massive fish for them. And to be able to, you know, coax him over to the other side, I guess. I mean, we we know it's all about the money. Yes, and I'm I'm a little surprised in a way because I know a while back Cam said, look, I've got enough money. You know, I can live quite happily with what I've got. But at the end of the day, everyone, I guess, has has a price tag on it. Now, will he find the golf tournaments that are more of an exhibition compelling enough to keep his game, you know, at the top level? Obviously, he'll just be playing for the majors, the four majors every year. So that's that's the one thing he has to look forward to. And I guess he's setting up, you know, his family and his, uh, you know, generations for a long, long time. So he's obviously going to weigh all those options up. And, and at the end of the day, it seems money talks. And um and we're going to see where all this leads with other players as well. You know, if they get another one like a, a Jordan Spieth or a Rory McIlroy or something like that, well, then you know, you know, the the, uh, the gate, the floodgates are well and truly open. But uh, but we'll see. Time will tell. It, it will. I mentioned before the seventh player to defect that has uh, a major. Uh, as I said, but they've only got Dustin Johnson in the top twenty. But he is the form player in golf right now, and the highest ranked player that they've claimed. So you've you've spoken about how big a win this is for for Live Golf, and the belief is that. Live have timed this story to come out to disrupt the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, 
what does this mean for the PGA? So the players that were going, we've spoken about, some might have been at the precipice of where their careers were going to take them. A lot are on the decline. Some are young players looking to earn, as most of the, apart from Matt Jones, who's established, but the other Aussie players who have gone are just looking to try and make some money. But a lot of the, the people who turn their nose up at it say, well, who have they really got? Yes, they've got big names, but are they, you know, the cream of the crop in golf right now? This guy is. So what does it mean for the PGA in all of this? Well, the PGA Tour just, you know, they they really just uh, are trying to reinforce with their own players that that are the elite. I mean, if you look at probably the top, what, 20 or 30 in the world, they're not on the Live Tour. They're on the PGA Tour, except for, I would imagine, um, who would it be, Dustin Johnson and someone like that. Maybe Taylor Gooch is up there as well. They're all name players, as you mentioned, the Mickelsons, the Westwoods, Garcias, uh, those sorts of players that are there. Henrik Stenson, the Ryder Cup captain, that was an interesting one a while ago where they said, well, we can get anyone and we just took away your Ryder Cup captain. So that was mm. that was another big win for the Live Tour in that regard. But, you know, they've the, the PGA Tour has announced that new schedule. They've I saw them also announce uh, today through the media, you know, was leaked somewhere that their players, for instance, uh, all the future earning possibilities that they're going to have. And, you know, if, if Tiger Woods, for instance, started his career in 2022 and played the way he has, well, in about 15, 20 years, he'd have about $1.3 billion in the bank through earnings. So they're sort of leaking this information as well. So they're, they're not going down without a fight, the PGA Tour, and they'll just continue to reinforce to their players that we have the best tour on the world. Um, mm. There's a competitive element, which everyone's all about, and there is plenty of money to play for. You've got to remember that. They still pay for so much money. They pay for so much money on yeah. the PGA Tour. The only difference being is it's not guaranteed. So that's the that's the real thing with the Live Tour at the moment. It's guaranteed money, and um, and and you know, whether that whether that translates into compelling competition down the road, um, they're going to have to tweak and change their format as they go along. But it's certainly on for young and old at the moment. Can you see a world where? Can you see a world where they come together? I mean, if they get a couple more like yeah. camps, can you see a world where uh, there is uh, uh, peace declarations made and um, treaties signed? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. And, and the PGA Tour may come to a point where if a couple more players in the Cam Smith mould, you know, do head on over that way where they go, we're done, basically. I mean, the PGA Tour, I heard earlier today, someone commented, well, you know, if... if if Live Golf wins the lawsuits and all this sort of stuff, it, PGA Tour could become a developmental tour <laughs> for the Live Golf Tour, which is you know a bit silly in a way. But um, but yeah, if I mean there's there's so many different sides to the the argument or the or the conversations going around. A lot of people saying, look, yes, they can coexist, and I can see that as well. I mean, the PGA Tour could run their schedule through January through August or September, and then have some Live Golf events October, November, December, yeah. and and you know I heard talk today about potentially getting one or two down here in Australia. So it is, is it, it is a world where they can coexist now, whether both sides are willing to sit down and talk to each other. That's another uh, entirely different conversation. And it probably means a Cam Smith returning for the Australian summer too, which is great for Australian golf. And if Mark Leishman goes, and then the question will be Adam Scott. Uh, and from an, so from an Australian golf point of view, this actually could be a blessing for, for our summer. Uh, over here. So there could be positives to come out and as many people are pointing out, some of the other countries in the world that are hosting World Cups or Olympics and things like that and even the US themselves with uh, their decisions on women's rights uh, lately. No one um, mm. is perfect in, in this world. 
um, without obviously excusing what we know um, in that space with that Saudi regime. But just quickly, I've got to let you go. It might be a smart business decision for Cam Smith if they um, if they do end up amalgamating in some way, shape or form down the track. The decision in the court today to, tempor- to, to deny a temporary restraining uh, order to the bans on Matt Jones, Taylor Gooch, Hudson Swafford, Matt Jones, the Australian, of course, not allowed to play uh, in the FedEx Cup playoffs this weekend. So they are out of that tournament, which is a very lucrative one. That is correct, yeah. The judge quoted uh, that the plaintiffs couldn't uh, prove irreparable harm, I believe. I think it was something like that. Um, you know, their their argument was that, you know, we're, we're losing money here, earnings, future earnings and things like that. And the judge ruled that, well, hang on, that was built into your lived contract. So you're really not losing anything anyway. Because And if you do happen to, um, you know, win this case later on, well, all that money will be paid back to you anyway. So it's no big deal in that regard. So it was a very quick decision, I believe. Um, it was a it was a, it was a nice win for the PGA Tour in that regard. I'm sure the live lawyers aren't too fussed about it. The real antitrust lawsuit, which is going to be going on for probably a few years, that's the big one for them. Always great to catch up with you, Nick. I'll see you next Tuesday um, at 8 p.m. for Off the Tee, our golf show that is just leaps and bounds early days. I'll chat to you then. Mm. Great, Sam. Yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about then, no doubt, I'm sure. Cheers. Absolutely. Former world number 16, Nick Ahern, off the tee every Tuesday night. If you missed it, podcast, sen.com.au. But that is a massive story. Uh, Sam Edmund breaking another story. Um, he has tweeted he understands that Carlton is set to appeal. The two-match ban upheld at the AFL Tribunal for Paddy Cripps last night. The Blues will fight to free the captain once again at a hearing set for 6pm tomorrow. Come back on the other side of the break and we want to have some good news stories for the day. And there are a couple... Uh, that were exactly that and a whole lot more. This is the Macca's run uh, for the try of the quarter pound of bacon at Macca's today. Welcome to the Macca's run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. We're making the, um, you know, selections for the Opals now and um, <laughs> congratulations, uh, Lauren Jackson. Uh, oh. Going to another World Cup. So you should be um, incredibly proud, Lauren, and I am incredibly incredibly proud because what you did to to achieve this is really, it really is amazing. It shows a lot about you as a person and a hard worker and your dedication and, um, you know, hey, you put your mind to it and here it is. So, yeah, you've been selected to represent the Opals at the World Cup, Lauren Jackson. It's not your first one and uh, hopefully it'll be a great one. Wow, I can't, I don't know what to say. Um, thank you. <laughs> no, I don't think I've been confident at all. Like, not even, um, like, not at all. Um, you know, I, I guess, like, I thought, the, what showed in the camp, I guess, for me, I saw that I could compete at that level again. So it was, it felt good to be able to get out there and play against international teams. Um but I never felt like I was in, you know, mm. and I always sort of had that doubt in the back of my mind. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I knew I did pretty well. You know, I held my own and stuff, but it, it was hard. Like, it was, we went, um, I think it went like seven days out of the ten. And, you know, physically, it was really demanding um, on my body. So I had to sort of rest and focus on the recovery a lot more than what the other girls did. But I got through, you know, and I think that was a real um, bug for me, yeah. Nine years after retiring in 2013, 13, 12 years after her last World Cup appearance, 
Lauren Jackson, the player with the best and most comprehensive resume in Australian basketball history, makes a return to the biggest stage of all, the uh, the Women's World Cup in Australia, 22nd of September. And when you hear a comeback like that is on the cards, you, your mind goes to the great Australian comebacks of all time, whether it be Bob Simpson or Thorpe Hackett, Trickett, Alfie Langer, Tim Watson, Mark Ocalupo. There's plenty more to uh, chime in at any stage. And then even internationally, I think this stacks up with Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Ali, Serena Williams. This is a phenomenal achievement, absolutely phenomenal. And, and what a great, great story today. Um, there's a couple of other stories um, that I'd like to share with you before we get to Sam Duncan, who's our sports media uh, expert. We'll go and hear from Ben Cunnington uh, on the other side uh, of the break as well. Hear what Lee Adams had to say. Ben Cunnington uh, has successfully returned from testicular cancer, not just once, but now twice with that news announced today in a, a year that has had very little to smile about from a North Melbourne point of view. This is a beautiful piece of sunshine uh, for them. Uh, some retirements that we've got to speak about as well. Ben McAvoy, big boy McAvoy from the Hawks, a two-time premiership ruck. Uh, he will stand down. And a couple of other bits and pieces making news as well. Uh, one of those, in fact, Simon Goodwin asked about the meeting uh, that was reported by Sam McClure with Brody Grundy and where that sits at the moment. And Kane Corns has doubled down on his criticism of Collingwood for over-celebrating today. Uh, but the news that just came to hand before we went to air was the fact that uh, Sam Edmund has tweeted that Carlton will contest the two-match ban that was upheld at the tribunal last night for Paddy Cripps for the bump on Cal Archie. Now, looking at the official uh, tribunal guidelines for 2022, um, a player or the AFL general counsel can appeal on the following points, an error of law, that the decision was so unreasonable that no tribunal acting reasonably could have come to that decision having regard to the evidence before it, or classification of the offence manifestly or excessive or inadequate, manifestly excessive or inadequate, or the sanction imposed manifestly, was manifestly excessive or inadequate. I can't see which of those would actually come into play for Paddy Cripps to get off that two-week ban. But if you can, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. This is the Macca's run. We do it all for the quarter pounder. You can try it with bacon at Macca's today, and that number is on the Harcourt's open line one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Uh, the comebacks. Let me know. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, before the end of the show, uh, I will play you the audio of Ben Cunnington finding out that he was returning to footy uh, for the first time in season uh, at the highest level for the first time in season 2022. Uh, hello, uh, if you've just joined us, thanks for joining in. If you've stuck with us, uh, appreciate you doing so. This is the Macca's Run. Try the quarter pound of bacon at Macca's today. Uh, what you've missed so far, Nick Ahern speaking about the story that broke today that Cam Smith will sign with Live Golf. That story breaking just before he was about to front a press conference for the FedEx Cup playoffs. Carlton are looking to appeal the tribunal's decision to uphold the MRO's two-match suspension of Paddy Cripps. We've spoken about Lauren Jackson's return, triumphant return. And I'm asking you about the greatest comebacks 
Uh, it's an oldie but a goodie, greatest comeback. So I mentioned some, uh, whether it be Australian sport, Bob Simpson, Alfie Langer, Thorpe, Hackett, Trickett, Tim Watson, Mark Ocalupo. Uh, and then internationally, Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, who Jordan said Tiger's comeback is the best comeback he saw in sport. And I mentioned Muhammad Ali as well. Just off the text, stacks up with Ali. I want what you're smoking. Ali came back from jail. Uh, just a little case in point there. Whilst he was sentenced to five years, he never actually served any time in jail, um, but he was banned from boxing for three years um, in 1967. So he came back in 71, lost to Frazier uh, before three years later, battling back to beat Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle. So uh, I think just in terms of that Lauren Jackson retired nine years ago, I think that is a phenomenally long time to be out of the game and to come back now to play at the highest level. That is uh, remarkable. But keep those coming. Uh, off the text, Tiger Woods even said his comeback was nowhere near as good as Ben Hogan's who won six majors after being hit in the head by a bus on the wrong side of the road. That's a great one, Jeff. Appreciate you texting that in, 0433 uh, And Sol in Caulfield says, the only thing better than Carlton losing their appeal once is them losing it twice. <laughs> oh, there you go. Shots fired. Uh, this time every week, we speak to the course leader of sports degrees at Holmes Glen. You can upskill your career, learn more, do more at Holmes Glen. Our resident sports media expert, Sam Duncan, has been good enough to jump on again. Sam, hello, mate. G'day, Sam. Good to be with you. Great to be with you. There's a lot that's making news. Um, Why don't we start with the last week or so uh, in Adelaide and what came out uh, in regards to the Adelaide Crows, that camp, uh, Eddie Betts releasing the book, and then everything that's come from that. Josh Jenkins, Bryce Gibbs, um, the the reports that were ridiculed by Sam McClure and Carolyn Wilson. Um, all this, there is so much of this story, but from a sports media point of view, how have you seen it? Well, it's been quite unbelievable, really, and it, it really does show the, the value of the first-hand account. You know, when, when you read articles uh, and it says sources to the club say, or, you know, players who, you know, attended the camp said, it's easy to discredit because there's not a name on record. There's not a face to the events that transpired. That totally changes when you get first-hand accounts written or said by those who were there. And that's what happened last week, first with Eddie Betts and then obviously with Josh Jenkins and, and, you know, his couple of hours on SEN last week was unbelievably raw listening. When you have that first-hand account, when you're on the record and you're not even just on the record, you're telling the story yourself, it's impossible to discredit um, uh, and, and it is extremely raw. So the story can turn on its head. It can go from zero to 100 when that happens. And I suspect journalists, well, I, I would, you know, almost know that journalists like Sam McLuhan knew this day would come um, because he was steadfast in his reporting the whole way through, uh, even when people tried to discredit him, even when he lost his Quill Award. Um, which was then reinstated. But again, it just goes to show the value of getting people to go on the record. Journos try and do it all the time. But when it happens, the story can change very, very quickly and amplify very, very quickly. What about uh, moving on to when should the truth be spoken? So I was one of the people that absolutely loved Ed Langdon's comments. I actually don't think, I think it in, in, in print looks worse than how he actually said it. The all duck, no dinner 
one trick pony comments in regards to the how how Collingwood play. It added an, a brilliant little story line, uh, an extra bit of spice to the game. The opening salvo on him from Braden Maynard and the pile in. This is the entertainment industry as we know, Sam. And that added just another brilliant piece of entertainment in a game that was one of the best of the year. It was, and it was brilliant entertainment, and it was honest, and it gave us an insight into what Melbourne had been talking about throughout the week. So many times when we hear from athletes in the media, they are so guarded. Um, the AFL is generally a secretive industry at Clubland. Don't let any secrets out. Don't reveal what we've been discussing. Don't give the opposition any ammunition. And when they do, it's novel. It's different. It's unique. And so we talk about it. Overseas, particularly in the States, it, it, it gets spoken about, but it's far more normal. They're trash talking um, than it is here. Culturally, as I said in the AFL, there's a mantra or a belief that you shouldn't do it. I thought it was really good from most media commentators who, like you, said they enjoyed it. They loved it. They appreciated talking to someone who gave them some insight and added some spice because so often that's not the case. But what was also interesting is when various coaches um, and former coaches have been asked about it since they said that, you know, you've got to pick the right moment to tell the truth and, and what's discussed internally shouldn't be um, discussed in the media. What it really revealed is how unusual it was in many respects and and that often we get contrived messaging. I, for one, would love to hear much more of the type of stuff that Ed Langdon said last week. You and me both. It's just about having the maturity to be able to handle it. Um, you know, there is... A little bit, not going all the way to a WWE-style build-up, but we could just do with just a little bit, just a touch of build-up. A little bit of theatre goes a long, long way. Kevin Sheedy was the master of it. You know, they still swing the scarves, the West Coast fans. They still <laughs> swing their scarves around their head when they beat Essendon. I mean, that has lived on. Um, these oh, things, absolutely. these things, if they're done right, can build up rivalry, and rivalry sells. Rivalry puts bums on seats. It's for people that you know. I understand why coaches go, "Don't give any ammunition." But from the, from the voyeuristic point of view, from the fan perspective, it's worth its weight in gold. And and the AFL secretly would absolutely love it. Um, hey, TV rights deal. A little update on that, please. Uh, I know Zoe Samios was on with the guys from Breakfast. The Paramount Plus uh, reports, uh, the report to Paramount Plus bid has come in a lot lower than what we thought initially it was going to be. Where's it at? Well, that's where it's at. It's really interesting because the talk all along was the Ten and Paramount were going to come in and blow everybody out of the water with a $3 billion deal or a $600 million a year deal. They started hosing that down last week, clearly when they were about to put their first offer in, saying, we don't know where that's come from. People are plucking those figures out of fresh air. Um, and and it, it is true. I mean, if you look at the EPL domestic rights that were done around 2019, 2020, they were down. The domestic rights were down on the deal they did in 2015. Where they gained was a 30% increase on their international rights, something we don't have with the AFL. So this, this idea that the rights are always going to go upward in this nice linear fashion and, and athletes will always therefore get a pay rise and all 18 teams will therefore be able to survive um, may not work if the rights don't go up at the rates that the AFL wants. So it's a fascinating time. I mean, it's a difficult market 
you know, we saw these massive increases over the years when television was still king. Well, now it's got a whole heap of opposition from online digital platforms where advertisers are spending their money. So they're very cautious on how much they're investing. I still think it is 100% part of Foxtel's business model to go after tier one sport and to go after it big time so i think they're in the box seat with seven but i guess time will tell there was there was even the suggestion the other morning on breakfast that maybe the afl will put the queue in the rack and revisit these rights in a year or two's time because there still is two more years after this year of the current rights the issue is though that we've got tennis coming up we've got cricket coming up we've got the olympics coming up and perhaps the AFL would like to get in before all of those big sports do as well. Com Games, just your, your thoughts on, uh, was it a success for Birmingham and will it be for Victoria? Well, it was a success for Birmingham and it was a success for the broadcaster here, Channel 7. I mean, some of the ratings over the weekend, a million plus around Australia, I thought were outstanding. Some of the stories like Ollie Hall were brilliant and some of the commentary and the packages by 7 outstanding. Crowds were brilliant, which adds to the package. A huge challenge for Victoria in four-year times at four years' time is can they make their stadiums and sports venues accessible to masses? And that is, for example, the athletics will be in Ballarat. There's going to be a 30,000-seat stadium. Um, How will people get there? How easily will they get there? Um, How many sessions will be sold out? And so that'll all be part of the negotiations and the thinking. But look, no one does events better than Victoria. So we'll back them in and, and see how they go. Sammy, always great to catch up, my friend. We'll speak to you next week. Good on you, Sam. Chat to you then. Uh, you can study sports, business, health, or building and construction. Apply now. Learn more. Do more at Holmes Glen. Sam Duncan, our sports media expert, and he teaches that exact thing, uh, sports degrees at Holmes Glen. He is the course leader there. As we go to the break, uh, I wanted to play you. Actually, I'll do it on the other side of the break, and you can have your say on it, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 A person off the text very upset at Muhammad Ali and, and Lauren Jackson being mentioned in the same breath. I think you're missing the point. I'm not comparing their careers, although you are underselling Lauren Jackson's uh, WNBA career. Uh, she was a two-time champion, a three-time WNBA MVP, a seven-time WNBA All-Star, six-time, WNBA, uh, six-time uh, first team three-time WNBA scoring champion um, and was a finals MVP as well. She's a Hall of Famer as well. I'm talking about the actual, the ability to come back from such such set uh, and, and, and hard adversity, like adversities. Nine years out of the game with your body originally thought to be shot, needing um, medicinal marijuana, I think she uses to get her body back right. It is a phenomenal comeback. As Ali's was, I'm not comparing their careers. We're comparing the comebacks and the uh, overcoming the adversity to get back. Like Jason McCartney, Bali Bombings has come through from Andrew. Monica Sellis uh, coming back from the stabbing. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Jump up here, Cunners. What do you love about Cunners playing with him? You just know what you're going to get every single 
single time. I really missed him last last year. I, I seriously, I... <laughs> <laughs> I've got goosebumps. Chiefs, what do you love about him? Oh, he's not. You just know he's got your back, no matter what. He's heart and soul of this club, so it's a pretty big go. Go. What do you want about you, mate? Yeah, I think it's what the boys said. You just know what you're going to get. You know, he's the type of person that hasn't changed at all through his whole time. He's still as humble as ever. Jaiser? Um, well, you definitely stand taller when you see him across, across from you. Um, love playing with him. Look up to him, so pumped out back out there. You're going to be six foot five this week, mate. He's going to be walking a lot taller. Well done, mate. Congratulations. <laughs> Paddy McCartan coming back from multiple concussions to play the year he has at the Sydney Swans. Sam Doherty coming back from two bouts of testicular cancer for the Blues. And now that the announcement today that Ben Cunnington uh, has achieved uh, the same. Uh, two bouts of testicular cancer beaten and Ben Cunnington puts his name alongside those two as the warm, the cockles of the heart stories uh, of the year. And doesn't that just... Doesn't that just fill you with joy when you hear moments like that, and and you get to we get to be able to relay stories like that, and and we see people overcoming um, things like Ben and um, Sam and Paddy have to be able to go back and do what they love. Uh, so that is a great news story for the day. Uh, on a Saturday note, some retirements today. Uh, ben McAvoy, the two-time Premiership Hawk, started his career. Uh, at the Saints and uh, Nick Rewald even speaking not more than a week ago about how he was still bewildered by the fact that St Kilda let him go but their loss was Hawthorne's gain and the Hawks skipper today announcing his retirement. I just feel like the, the time is right for me and the, um, the petrol tank's about on empty um, and I don't think it would be fair um, to you guys or, or to anyone else to, um, to, be, to be here if I, I feel like I can't um, enough weight to, to justify my, my being here and taking someone else's place on the list so um, it, it's been an absolute absolute pleasure and um, it is hard to leave you guys yeah it's been been an absolute fr- privilege and um, yeah can't wait to enjoy this last couple of weeks together so after the win in game number 250 Ben McAvoy announces uh, his retirement his last game will be against the, the Western Bulldogs in round 23. Uh, much loved by the teammates and much loved by Hawthorne fans. Uh, what an extraordinary career. Uh, and we congratulate him on everything he achieved, the two premierships being uh, at the top of that. And speaking of achievements, uh, not many have achieved more in tennis 
than Serena Williams uh, announcing her retirement today. We'll be playing the US Open, searching for her 24th uh, record-equaling Grand Slam. But uh, Stephanie Miles, tennis journal, was on with Jared Waitley early today and spoke about the legacy that Serena leaves. The thing about her that's so compelling is that she speaks to, like, none of us really, you know, nobody other than her family really knows her. She didn't ever really reveal all that much. But every single one of us has a part of her journey, in a sense. You know what I mean? Uh, Working moms, you know, know where she's at. Women who are trying to get to the top of whatever whatever business they're in uh, understand her. You know, the black experience the black experience and some of the things that the horrid treatment that she's you know had to go through a lot of people can relate to that you know being a a strong black woman is something that is a really really tough thing and 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 you know in in her sphere and she did that i mean she's a black woman who married a white man that's another you know there's so many everybody has has a, 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 you know a, an experience that they can relate to serena's life just by her having lived it and um and you know she changed the game of tennis for women and she's and she who knows what she's going to be doing with the rest of her life to change already her her um investment company that she's been at for a few years is investing a lot of money in some very very interesting projects and many of them are black owned and women owned businesses so i think she's just getting started really in in terms of her effect on the world a record the equal of any in tennis will be lesser uh, for not having Serena Williams in it. That is one of the great sporting careers. Hey, just want to finish up. Oh, we're not going to have time for that. Uh, you can, uh, you'd be able to find it uh, online, but Simon Goodwin being asked today uh, about the meeting that Sam McClure reported that Brodie Grundy has had um, with members of the Melbourne Footy Club, including Simon Goodwin, Max Gorn and Alan Richardson. Uh, he said he's uh, always made it a point of not commenting on those things, but it's well worth a listen to the Demons coach, uh, Demons coach, coach's press conference today. Um, and worth listening to Luke Hodge. If you're trying to figure out how uh, and what leg the Carlton um, challenge of the now tribunal decision will take tomorrow night at 6pm when they try and get that ban overturned again for the second time, Luke Hodge saying today with Jared Waitley that he had options, Paddy Cripps. So it'll be an interesting day tomorrow. Enjoy it. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.